0: good news for all you Heinz Blind Veterans Rehab Center graduates. All of you are invited to join Heinz Blind Veteran Graduate Support Group. Their mission is simple, helping all of you stay connected by using video and messaging apps like Zoom and GroupMe, assisting and encouraging each other and continuing to develop skills together. If you would like more information, contact David King at larrypolk58 at gmail.com. That's L A R R Y P O L K 5 8 at gmail.com. All right, and welcome to the podcast today. Uh, Today we have with us Bruce Henderson. Bruce, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, Ray. Well, First and foremost, thanks for inviting me. I'm um, really
1: excited to be with you. Um, first and foremost, I'm an old man from Minnesota, uh, born and raised, uh, spent a, quite a few years in the military, uh, have, uh, four daughters, hence the baldness and the stuttering problems. Uh, I am currently, uh, married, uh, like I said, four, four girls, uh, trying to think what else i think that's pretty simple i mean i still
0: work full-time and i still try to get uh keep myself busy so where are you from in minnesota
1: well uh born and raised in northeast minneapolis and uh now i live in a a suburb called Lionel lakes just uh
0: north of the twin cities in saint uh, saint paul about maybe 10 minutes cool you like that area um, we just moved here in March, so we're just getting to know it, but it seems like there's more to do for, uh, us and our, and our little grand monster. <laughs> you grand monster, boy or girl? <laughs>
1: she is a girl okay. and, and she is, uh, she's, she's, a, she's absolutely amazing. She makes every day better, but man, I'll tell you what, you forget how hard it is to assist in raising, uh, a four or five or six year old child so i'm going through that phase
0: right now oh yeah i'm sure it's been a long time since you had one in diapers and or a toddler running around what is rug rats they call them Well, well in
1: their in their their knowledge base is so far far exceeding what i knew when i was at that age there are so many different inlets for them to learn and Man, you think you know more, and they'll say something that's like, "Hey, no, Papa, it's not. It's you know, I'll show you it's on." And you're looking at it, going, "Wow, that's changed." Okay, great. I'm wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, my uh, my six year old granddaughter, when she was four, mean she could use the the tablet better than I could. You know, she just she's a whiz. Yeah, they they
1: start um, well, and and it's they're integrated to it really young. Uh, because they see you using it and all that fun stuff, right? right? You know, I, I, I don't. I, I never use the word stupid, but sometimes I feel like uh, um, I'm not as smart as I thought I was. Because <laughs> when a when a six year old or a five year old can outwit me, um, it's it's time to figure out the new rules to the
0: game. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so you were in the military. You said, uh, what branch of service were you in? I was in the Army.
1: I spent uh, um, my first four years active. Uh, the rest, all the way up to the last uh, four, were um, reserve-based. I switched over to logistics, and then my last four, I actually was mobilized a mobilized reservist with the training support battalion. So we uh, worked all the power projection platforms of all the National Guard, Reserve, um, some active-duty Navy and Air Force that uh, were filtered through these sites. So I, I spent a lot of time in the field. Cool. Did you like it? You know, I, I got to say it was one of the best jobs you you never wanted to have. <laughs> uh, it, it, it is. It's, it's, you go through and you're watching, you know, uh, hopefully future leaders – Working through their squad leaders, and you're, you're you're watching the older. I hate to use the word older, but um, generation like myself, and and we've seen things. But just the ability to watch young minds see things from a different lens than you do, uh, it was it was amazing. And uh, you know, it at the same time, it was extremely hard. I had a a daughter that was in the National Guard and. I watched a lot of, I don't want to, I hate using the word poor leadership because we never had to to lean on that in the time that I was in. You know, you went to work, you went to your your training, and you did all that stuff, and we never really emphasized uh, the the, the leadership side of the, the house. And so as some of these individuals were going through it, they had a large learning curve to go through and last thing they wanted was, you know, someone telling them that they're, they're not doing it right or they need to change how they look at a specific, uh, duty. And it, it it's, it's challenging, but at the same time, you know, I, just like you, I want to see every kid come home. I want to see every adult come home and, uh, it it's it's um really hard it that part but th- i would if they would have let me stay that w- if i wasn't medically discharged um
0: i don't think they they would have got rid of me uh huh so um you know but that's an important thing you have to train them right or they won't come home you know it's it's yeah. a, a double edged sword you don't want to push too hard but you you, you want to prepare them
1: well and and keep in mind you know the other side of that is um We as um, the previous generations, when they went into um, uh, bad areas like, um, and and not as much in uh, Vietnam, Mm -hmm. but in a lot of places, they didn't have. They had security details that would help them get into country. Right. Uh, The one thing we noticed we were um, not ready for, and and is just my opinion, we weren't ready for the, uh, amount of troops that were going to end up going in. So we were, we ended up short staff. So a lot of these young kids and, um, even older adults had to actually take on roles that we've never asked them before. So they had to learn how to do convoy operations. They had to learn how to, uh, adapt to different situations. They had to learn to understand that, you know, when you get there and you go through training, you may hear something totally different because the one thing we, we started getting better at in our generational type stuff is um, adapting so we didn't have the rules of engagement uh, for every single troop as they came through the same exact way.
0: Right. So it's like um, a learning so, curve as they went. Learn as you go. Yeah. yeah. OJT, as they used to call it. On-the-job yeah, training.
1: The only, only difference, only difference is, um, we when we took them through training through all these platforms, they went through live fire exercises where they were in a Humvee, uh, deuce and a half, uh-huh. and then they started taking fire, or an IED went off, and they had to either understand that they get out of their vehicles and and take a, a, a protective posture, or do you drive through and then after a little bit. You come back around and you, you, you take a look at what just happened. So you get out of harm's way initially and then you come back and, and you're set for an engagement and you can also get your wounded. Right. So it's, there was a lot of changes. They learned how to clear buildings. Even as a, uh, a kid that just got out of basic training, he would go to going with the National Guard and he's learning how to clear buildings or he'd learn how to uh, handle uh, um, security details at a FOB. Just things that had changed since we've evolved in how we do business. And it's, it's interesting. We're, we're training them better to go over there, but at the same time, you know, we didn't start that soon enough to, um, uh, really prepare them for going in. So you're, you at least for me, I was always more concerned about, um, when I see these young kids, just, are they going to make it home? Are their leaders strong enough? Right. Are they listening? Are they, cause I mean, Think about it. You know, these kids have phones. These kids have um, all these different pieces that they can, while they're going through training, if their leadership didn't take it away, it's another distraction.
0: Right, right. And I know um, this generation today, they do rely heavily on the, the phones and the social media, and uh, it's just a real big distraction for them to, to try and carry on with normal life. So I can imagine, you know, going through basic training or AIT, whatever, they're going to have to have those removed to not be a distraction.
1: Yep. Hopefully, uh, you know, we start looking at these kind of things. But uh, like I said, I got out in 2007. And so as I've watched areas evolve, I'm sure things have changed, adapted in in the 15 years I've been out.
0: Well, I know it's changed since I've been out. I've been out for over 35 years, so it's been a while since I've been in.
1: So I would say, yes, it's definitely changed. <laughs> um, but, it, but, but some of it's good and some of it's bad. Right. Not not all change is good, but you have to adapt and you have to take a look at um, how we go about doing our, our, our jobs when we're out there and making sure that we're looking out for the best interests of these soldiers and troops as they, they go forward. And, you know, I, I at least when I was in, I felt like if you were doing the power projection platforms to bring them in and retrain them before they go, they get to Kuwait or someplace in Afghanistan, they go through it again. That's a lot more than what our our, um, uh, our previous generations got when they went. They get out of basic training and they go to their, uh, their schooling and then once they're done, they're on a plane to go to Um, Vietnam, Korea, and, you know, it's it's hard, you know, you want to try to make sure that we give people the tools they need to get to that, uh, give them the opportunity to
0: come home alive. Right. Well, I'm fortunate because I went in during peacetime, um, so it was totally different for me, but, and I was Air Force, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't Army or Marines. I
1: won't, I won't hold those back. (laughs) Um, No, it's, and, and it's interesting, once you go in, you know, you get your love of your, uh, your branch. Like, I love I love the Army. I would go back in a heartbeat. But there thing are about, things about the Navy, Marines, and Air Force that, as I was fortunate to be overseas, uh, spending time on an air base in Germany, or whether I was in Pusan at a naval base, you know, there's things about each one of them that are just so... Uh, so different that you go, Oh man, I really wish I would have done this or I would have done that. But I I think you made that, when you make that choice about what you're going to do and, and the choices you're making, I, I I think most of us make the right choice about where we're going to be best suited. But at the same time, (laughs) I mean, it's miserable. It doesn't like sitting in Missouri in August and uh, having sweat going everywhere. And, You know, you're still doing, you're digging uh, foxholes, you're digging, uh, you know, just as you're going through your, there's just so many things
0: you're doing that you go, oh, wow, why did I choose this? (laughs) Exactly. I mean, it makes you who you are. Yeah, it does. So after you, um, after you got out, what did you do?
1: Um, So when I got out, I became a, well, I did sales for a little while, Uh love sales, love people.
2: Uh, and then I just needed a change. I needed to uh, feel like
1: I'm giving something back. So I, I went into the corrections field. So I was a correctional offer, officer up in St. Cloud for about eight months before I was mobilized. And uh, so I, I did that. Now I've been out. I work for the VA now in uh, uh, VHA central office under the procurement and logistics side. And uh, man, I'll tell you what, I've been to about 100... About a hundred VAs and you know, talking to all the veterans when you're in there sitting and waiting for something to happen, it just it
0: just gives you that feeling of camaraderie, you don't get anywhere else. Right, right. Yeah, I get that when I go to my appointments and the waiting room's full of veterans and I get to talk to them. So Oh I bet. So um you say you've been all over. I mean what's your favorite area? Of the country that you like the best, as far as VA hospitals, um, I,
1: I loved Asheville, North Carolina. Absolutely gorgeous there.
0: Oh, it is beautiful. Palo Alto, Palo Alto
1: um, California is absolutely gorgeous, but it's expensive. Right. Um, but when you get in the Midwest, you know there's there's just some beautiful places on the in in the in the, in, in the central United States. I and even for work. I've been to Heinz for work, but I've been there for the blind rehab. So as I've gone through and seen different things, and um, it's the people that make it. And, uh, you you know, you go in, and there's a difference in VAs as you go from one VA to another. And it, it's not that they don't care as much. It's just the, the style of personality that certain areas have. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, for me, I, there's nothing like someone that walks up or sees you in the hall and gives you a smile and says good morning, good afternoon. Because um, it, it just, when you're having a bad day, when you're hurting, when you, you're feeling, I don't want to say sometimes at your lowest, you know, seeing somebody smiling and, and making that eye contact is uh, just absolutely changes your day. And I, I think most of the places I've been to in the South, Uh, I've been to Nashville and uh, the absolutely um, amazing area. So I, I think each area has really amazing uh, things to do. You just have to be willing to go outside
0: your comfort zone and, and take a look. Right. Right. Um, in the South in general is usually friendlier than the North I found. Um, not just the VA, but people in general are more friendly.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, if you had to go through winter, um, you're, you're going to be miserable. Cause yeah. even in the summer, you're thinking about
0: the winter. Right. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> man, it's 85 today. But, man, in about six months from now, it's going to be minus 20. Right, um, so exactly. Yeah, so you got, you got you know, but it's the glass half full or half... Um, is it half full or half empty? Right, um, right. You know, mentality.
1: And I think most people... Um, younger generations I think are more flexible and more pliable to it but it, it's just it is what it is you can't control it you can't worry about it so just take every day as it comes and uh, man I'll tell you you can't go wrong
0: right so tell us a little bit about your condition what um, what landed you in the, the VA system for health reasons
1: uh, it started back in 04, I actually um, ended up having a, a vehicle accident, a Humvee vehicle accident. And, um, once that happened, it, it just kind of set that ball rolling for, um, other injuries to, uh, to, to happen. I ignored the symptoms cause I wanted to push through. It's just easier just uh, not worry about it. You know, that old generation of, well, we don't really go on sick call. So, um, you don't worry about that kind of stuff. Right. As, as as I rolled through, the, the back became a bigger problem. I ended up having to have uh, two fusions done before 08. And, uh, you know, and things were just, you know, physically for me, strength-wise was going downhill. I, I, I started losing strength in my left leg <clears throat> where it would just randomly give out and I would fall, um, creating other joyful situations like, uh, I, I, uh, broke a bone in my wrist. I fractured my, um, uh, uh, on uh, right my elbow, uh, hit my head so many dang times. I, 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 can't count. And, um, so in, um, 20, I think it was twenty fourteen or 15, I was on, I was on a ladder in my garage, uh, getting down some, uh, Halloween, Decorations for the life, and as I was getting ready to go down, I stepped down with my left foot. It gave out. I was on an eight foot ladder, probably about six feet high, and fell to the ground. Uh, I don't remember anything after that. Don't remember the rest of that day. Don't remember the day, the next day. Um, Ended up having a, um, a moderate TBI, but the speech started changing the memory started changing uh my ability to remember names and places were getting a little tough Uh, i was out of work for about six months came back to work started feeling a little better started getting some of that stuff back and then i had another fall probably another two months after that so it kept getting worse but um TBIs are one thing, but when you lose your vision, um, it, it to me was the most humbling thing that that's ever happened to me. Uh, it changes how you, and I don't mean uh, it sarcastically; it's going to come out that way, but it changes how you view things. <laughs> um, I have, I've, I got just light perception in my left eye from a fall, and when you are a a type personality constantly moving uh you're you have a very busy job busy family stuff you're and you're only bringing stuff in from the the one eye um it was starting to cause migraines even worse uh headaches uh, it would just wear down my batteries so fast and um so by you know nine ten o'clock in the morning, man, I was ready to go to bed. I was like, "Holy <laughs> cow!"
0: Yeah, your so, brain was wore out. Yeah, and so you know, it's one of those things. I I've been to,
1: you know, people always talk good and bad about the VA. Um, you know, my experience with them is, you know, they they can only do so much, and um, they they try to do the things they can and. Unfortunately, unfortunately for me, um, it, it took them till last year, um, or actually earlier this year to even get me aligned with the spinal cord clinic in Minneapolis. And it's been two years since I lost vision, but it, it took me a year to understand what the vis role in the VA was. So it, uh, you know, you get frustrated, you feel like it's challenging, you want to get angry. But, you know, part of it is us too, knowing the right questions to ask and um, what, what, I hate saying it this way, but what pages to rattle.
0: Right. And you do have to be your own advocate um, because no one else is going to advocate for you, you know?
1: Well, they, you know, there's people that want to do it. Um, I, I think I don't, I don't ever go out with the thought process that, you know, they don't want to make me better, uh, it being part of the VA and going to all these different sites and then sitting in a VA waiting for appointments and, you know, our, our doctors and our VAs are so stretched. You know, they're seeing eight, nine, 10 people a day. And in that nine, 10 people a day, they also got to do the notes. So for me, the, the one part that I think really suffers is the um, when they go put noi- notes in the computer. Uh-huh. I don't think they're I don't think they're as detailed as they should be. So when you go and say, um, you know, from a veteran's perspective, if you're going to go and say, you know, this issue is secondary to this, and if the VA goes into the notes, if that doctor did make those notations, it it harms the veteran or it slows down the veteran from getting those, um, disability ratings that, that they need. So it, it, it's not the doc, it's not just a doctor issue. It's not just a VA issue. Right. It's just time. It, there's only so much time in the day and you can't, I mean, how many rooms do you have? How many doctors can you have in there? I mean, there's a lot of veterans seeking service a lot more than they have in, uh, Probably the as far as I know, it's probably the most since its an establishment. Right. So that's a good thing, but it also creates a uh, vacuum effect of, oh, now we got all these these people coming in. Where do we put them? So right. It's a it's a learning process for
0: both. Right, right, but it is getting better, I'm sure, and than what it used to be.
1: Oh, I think so. I I mean. Think about how much, how quick you have access to your records, how fast, you know, when you go into, um, going to, go into urgent care, or even more importantly, if you got to go to urgent care and you're 60 miles out and you can now make a phone call to go to an urgent care by your house. Right. I mean, there, if you look at all the stuff that goes on and how it works and how it operates, um. We've come a long ways, but I mean, we still have a long ways to go. But I think the more that we can bring town halls together with the with the directors of the hospitals and have really um, quantitative qualitative, sorry, um, conversations, uh, I, I think it, it it just opens up doors. I, I mean, I was shocked. And I don't know about you, but I was shocked to know that they had actual blind rehab centers in the va i i bet you go see the the op- ophthalmologist lady and you just go do your thing and man great you're done but uh, dr lloyd in st cloud minnesota she's absolutely amazing she's like hey whoa, whoa, whoa you need to go see the vis, but we need to try to see if we get you into heinz and i'm like what's heinz yeah and she went through it she took the time she um And it's that kind of stuff that we need from other doctors. But, you know, I mean, I just don't know if there's time in the day for some of these doctors to be able to do a lot of that stuff. So I I don't complain about that. But, you know, my wife is my my VA caregiver. So she goes to all my appointments. And I hate to say it. um, She will ask the question. She will drive that nail into the board and she will make sure that if there's a question if it doesn't get answered and she has another meeting with you in two weeks or a month she's going to ask it again so it, it, it's nice to have not only yourself because we're 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 responsible for us but it's hard some days when that's the tvi it gets hard and the uh, vision issues are starting to wear on you and you know, you, your body and your mind can only take so much. So you, you you rely on the people that are around you. And I know I've had previous conversations with you, but I, I I have nothing but respect and admiration for my wife
0: for all she's gone through with all the stuff I've gone through. Right. I think they're the ones who deserve a medal.
1: Oh, heck yeah. Uh, and it's not just them, but they go in. like my. I'll, I'll give you a great example. I had to go... The VA up in St. Cloud, before I was supposed to have surgery on my my neck, sent me to Minneapolis to go have some tests drawn for diabetes. And it's like, okay, great. So we checked in early. Um, A nurse came in, and this nurse didn't take time to read any of my records, Uh, came in there saying, okay, we're going to start giving insulin for diabetes. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 that's not why I'm here. And and then she had ended up having a, a very harsh conversation with my wife. My wife actually left the room. She was so frustrated. Um, and so when she left, my wife came back in, and you know, she still got the smoke coming out of her ears. <laughs> and her and I had a conversation, and we're like, okay, great, yeah. Um, but after my wife left, about an hour later, that same doctor came up, and she's like, Oh my 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 God! Is your wife still here? I want to apologize. And I'm like, no, she's already left. Well, you make sure you apologize. I go for what? She went through all my records. She left there just to go down to her office and start looking through my records. And said, "Mr. Henderson, why aren't you in the spinal cord clinic? Why are you having this done? Why are?" And I'm like, my wife's been asking that question. Nobody would answer. And she goes, "Well." um you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have to eat some humble pie, but I'm going to give her a call and I'm going to tell her some of the things she needs to uh, push towards a directive to make this better for you and for her. Right. And, it, you know, it's it's I hate to say it. It's yeah, my wife was frustrated and she was mad and she left there mad. Um, but knowing that that that. Anger actually attributed to a positive how do you not feel good about the way you handled it? And it's hard. Um, I hate to say it. We're all prideful and we don't like being told we're wrong. Right. But for a person in that level to say, oh man, they're wrong. I'm not even going to spend time. I could understood that too. But for her to go back and do that, it tells me, like we were saying, it's just one more level that the VA is taking is showing people like me that
0: I have no problem with getting my care at the VA. I right. love getting my care at the VA. Well, they are good doctors, and uh, it's just they're overwhelmed. Like you said, there's too much on their plate.
1: Well, and 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 to be fair, you know, yeah, that's true. But you know, unlike other hospitals they can't go out and strike they can't go and do this they can't go and do this right um and so you know and maybe they can maybe i'm wrong i've, I've been wrong before but i i don't think they're in the position where they can strike
0: no um, they're a government right. employee they can't strike
1: well i think government i mean you hear about AF, uh, ag fe af afge the uh, they're a lot. Uh, they do a lot of the negotiations with. Uh, so I don't know if government employees can can protest or uh, uh, do that kind of stuff. But if if they can, great. If they can't, but you know these these doctors and, and nurses. I mean, man, I, I I've been in rooms where an individual was acting up, and and you watch these nurses not blow their stack oh, my gosh, I want to yake that individual out of his bed and go, dude, man, right. th- this is somebody here to help you. And, you know, and we are all we all get that way. We all have bad days. We all have those moments where we feel like we need to lash out. So it's easy for me to sit here and go, God, everything is great. But for me, I honestly, you know, I
0: love where I'm at as far as getting my care on the VA right now. Well, that brings up a good uh, transition. I want to ask you, have you ever been to the point where you were actually feeling depressed over your your condition, your blindness? Well, not only my blindness, but everything. Uh-huh. You know, before,
1: and we talked a little bit about Heinz, and I'm sure we'll get more into it, but before I went to Heinz, I was at my lowest point ever. I, I did go outside. Um, I slept a lot. I was always on edge. I always wanted to just tell people, you know, go away. I don't have time for you. Leave
0: me alone. Um, right.
1: Yeah. And even, and and I knew it was a problem when it dealt with my grand monster. And I, it's my granddaughter, but I call her my <laughs> grand monster. She's amazing. She's the best thing in, besides my wife, that's probably ever happened to me and my kids. If I don't say that, they'll get mad. But, <laughs> but at the right time at the right place because my kids man <clears throat> totally different they had to grow up they had to go through that stuff i was gone a lot and when i was home man my work i i, I just didn't have the time of day to I, I missed out on a lot so i'm forcing myself to be more involved this time so i don't grow them up i guess but um it, it but i knew that there was a problem when i what I, I didn't want to go outside with her I didn't want to go push her on the swing. I didn't want to pull her in the wagon. Uh-huh. I didn't want to push her in her in her in her, uh stroller. I, I was at a really bad a really bad place and uh it it really wasn't until um, I went to Heinz that I started realizing that I'm not alone. And and I don't mean I'm the only one going through this stuff but I'm not alone in people that have the same conditions I have and, and that they're going through the same things that they're fighting it. And that, you know, you can look at perspective or your, your perspective and say, why me? I don't understand what I did so bad in my life to have this happen to me. And, um, so you, you go through those moments, and uh by the grace of god and my family you know i go through it still but once a week i'll have a bad day um but i live in pain 24 7 365. i've had five fusions on my lower back three cleanups on my lower back i've had uh two cleanups on my neck and they just went in last uh, or this March, I think it was, and put two uh, temporary discs in to see if that would hold up and allow my um, the the uh, flexibility and, and strength in my right hand or left hand to improve. But yeah, you, you know, pain eats away at you, vision eats away at you, eyes. Right. So yeah, it's it's miserable. You your life changes. It change. It's a, it's a life changer.
0: For our listeners out there, uh, explain what a TBI is. Oh, that's a great point. Uh, traumatic brain injury. Uh,
1: it's you could get it from just about anything. I mean, you could be walking outside, slip on some ice, hit the back of your head. Uh, you could be in a car accident. You could have an IED go off next to you. You could have um, a, a, a rollover accident. Um, for me, it's it, it all started with the ladder and. It's, it's, um, the the hard part about them are no matter how or what you do, you can kind of get to a certain level and you can work your, your magic, but you have to take care of yourself and protect that noggin. And to be fair, it's not the VA's fault. It's not anybody's fault, but my own that. I was too prideful to um, you know try to do some of the things that they were asking me to do because you know I'm six two I weigh two hundred and twenty pounds I you know have strong legs i'm 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 a big guy I'm strong, and there's no way in the world you're gonna get me to use a a, a, a crutch a cane a, a rollator um and because of all that stuff, you know, my, my pride forced me into where I'm almost using a wheelchair everywhere I go. And, uh, it's, it's really hard cause it's not about
2: how it impacts you, but you can see how it impacts everybody else. Right. And if you to take and, and put your pride aside.
1: Long ago, you 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 might. I'm not going to say you would be, but you might be in a different place um, than than I am now. So I can't go back and change it, and I can't dwell on it. But it's always there.
0: Right, right. Well, I'm glad it cleared that up. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry, man. I'm a talker.
0: I love. Um, oh no, man, I love it. I love, I love, I love. I, you know any.
1: I hate to say it, I've talked to you about this too, any way that I can help a veteran, it, and I'm not even talking just, you know, a veteran of uh, wars, I mean, a veteran police officer, a, a firefighter, first responder, Right. Um, the stuff that, that all those groups do every single
0: day to make sure I'm safe or that um, our, our community is safe, you know, it their words can't describe it for me, it really can't. Right, and I don't. I think they're the unsung heroes. They don't get uh, a lot of praise these days, um, not like they should. Well, and and it's you just um, you know we were having the conversation, you know, salt of the earth, but
1: one bad apple. Right, um, right. And, you know that's all it takes sometimes, and and people start looking at it, but as we go through all of these pieces. You know, some of it's not um, just that. I mean, we're having a bad day, we get pulled over. Um, You know, you're in a hurry to get somewhere and you're going three miles over, well, probably seven, but three, and you know, you get pulled over, now you're cranky. And that individual shouldn't have to, to deal with our bad days, but usually that's when officers get us. We're
0: having a bad day, right? So I get it. And there are people too; they have bad days, and and you're having a bad day, and they both clash, you know. Yep. And that's when well, the fireworks happen.
1: Yeah, well, and 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 you look at it from that. I mean, I I, I can't tell you uh, in my where we were, where we used to live three times they had to take me from the upstairs all the way down two sets of uh, stairwells. And to get me outside, to get me into a uh, an ambulance, and I felt horrible for him because I mean, you could see him sweating, oh yeah, you know, breathing heavy, <laughs> like, how do
0: I? Well, like you I said, you're it? not you're not a little guy. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I feel bad, and, and you know, and, and it's happened once here, and and the first two people on scene were the paramedics, and they
1: were two small little petite ladies. Oh my. And I was like, um, I'll I'll walk down the stairs, please. (laughs) No, you're not walking down the stairs, sir.
0: (laughs) Put you you on a blanket and slide you down the stairs.
1: I would have just rolled me over the side.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's too funny. Hey, what it is. Hey, you already got a TBI. What more can happen? (laughs) Yeah,
1: come on now. What's the worst that can happen? Exactly. uh, It's hard to complain. Like I said, I couldn't, I can't do what they do. So, I, 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 it, you want it? You, we want to complain. We really do. I mean, it's easy to do it, and we know that we're um, having bad days, and it, and it's one after another, or whatever it turns out to be like. Um, but at the end of the day, man, I'll tell you, just lift your head up look around and you're going to see that you're not the
0: only one like that. Right. And that's the thing. We're not alone in this situation. We may think we are, but we're not. And uh, No, not at all. That's what I, I tell other guys on this podcast, you know. Um, you're not the only one going through this. All you got to do is ask for help. There's plenty of people out here that will help you.
1: Well, and, and think about this. I never would have met you if it wasn't for one of the individuals in my class in Hines who talked to Mr. King, who talked to you. And that's the kind of stuff that that I look at and I say it's easy to, it's easy to criticize, but when you can have a network like this that can go as fast as it does, um, it's absolutely amazing. And you know that the big, at least for me,
0: I know that the big guy up there is looking out for me. Right. Well, you know what it reminds me of? Back in the, the the old days, in the 70s, and I guess it was in the 80s, they had a shampoo commercial, and it was uh, two women. They showed their faces on the TV screen, and she says, and I told my friends, boom, two more women popped up. And I told my friends, boom, <laughs> next thing you know, the screen is full. And that's how I feel this podcast is going. By word of mouth, you telling a friend, them telling another friend, it's going to get around really fast, um, so I, I'm I I'm excited. So.
1: I hope so. The more people that um, know or understand that there's people out there that
0: are there for them, right? I, I think that's more important because it's like you said, it's hard. Yeah, and a lot of people just don't understand how much help there is for them out there. Um, like I never knew that Heinz existed until I went. Just like you. you, you. no one ever spoke of it at my VA.
1: No. Nope. I didn't even know what a this was.
0: Neither did I. <laughs> ain't, ain't, that, ain't, that, ain't that interesting when you know that
1: uh, it, you have these conversations with other people, and at first you're like, you know, oh, it's me, you know, me, 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 me. Well, I hate saying it, you know, we're all. Every one of us that was there none of us knew anything about this or that kind of stuff until one day it happened. Right, And so to meet the people that, that, that are there and, and go through it, honestly, um, I, I, like I said earlier, I don't mean, um, in a negative or, or a backhanded way, but, um, Heinz is just absolutely, um, what for me was one of the best things that ever happened to me
0: right, same here i was uh it's a it's a game changer for me It opens up so many doors you're, exactly you're, um,
1: you're seeing you're seeing life through a different lens, literally seeing it through a
0: different lens well, had it not been for Heinz, had it not been for Heinz there, there wouldn't be a blind spot podcast oh
1: right oh and exactly, and you know when you're there, you start talking to people. And I don't want to say that are like me because I don't want to insult anybody that thinks, you know, when I was there, going, oh, I don't want to be like you. Um, <laughs> but, but it's true. You you really understand the importance and the value of
0: of who these individuals are, and you know they're they're from all over the place. Right. From Georgia, Missouri, South Dakota. I mean, even one from Illinois. Imagine that. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's what inspired me, you know, was uh, I I wanted to give back and I wanted to do something for these veterans that have no one. I mean, I was with a a few people that had no one at home. You know, they were there on their own and um, they had no one waiting for them back home. And I thought, man, if I could just reach out and help them. And so I figured, what can I do to do that? And since I had experience making websites in the past, I thought, well, I know how to do some of this stuff and I've been listening to podcasts a lot and I thought let me just start one so that's what I did and it's it's starting to evolve I mean as far as the interview techniques that I'm using now are I think far superior than what I started doing um it was pretty much cut and dry and uh now it's more conversational I think so I'm I'm I'm, well, I'm learning and and the veterans are learning that's the main thing
1: well yeah, I mean yeah, I can give you props on the interview questions. That's that's easy. But I think the um, the free open door approach, you know, that you, that you start with is, you know, just basically an introduction and, and and working it from there, and then just taking the part that is we're, 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 the, the area that we're in, uh, absolutely fantastic.
0: Yeah, I um, I try to find out. Every uh, veteran that I interview, they they have a story, and I want to get that story out there uh, because there'll be somebody in the, in the listening audience that's going to relate to that story, and uh, they're going to say, "Man, that's just that's my story," and uh, so I'm not alone.
1: No, I hope I, I hope people don't you know that that are out there aren't aren't feeling that way, and that's hard because you know you, when you're in it it really is hard. Right. Um, cause you feel like you're the only one you're swimming upstream. You're running up Ill, You're going to school both ways and it's snowing. Um, exactly. And so I, man, this is a huge, in my opinion, a, a very huge step. And I, I really hope that more and more people, um, hear it and, and understand there are, there are
0: places for them and, and, you know don't be afraid to reach out you can reach out to me if you want I'm right i'm 100% good with that right that's why i tell everybody you can you can contact me here at the blind spot um and uh i will i will definitely get you the help you need or send you to someone that you need to talk to well oh man huge thank you yeah so anyway um <laughs> let's get back to your story um Now that you've gone through Heinz, um, what do you plan on looking forward to in your future?
1: You know, going to Heinz opened up my thought on, you know, that there are no limitations. The only limitations you have realistically is in your your own mind. And so for me, I'm looking at what does my next journey look like? Right. Where do I want to and I, I'm not sure how much longer my vision will last. It could be two years, five years, go, go away tomorrow. So, you know, the, the one thing that after having the conversation with, um, having the conversation with the people in Heinz and my wife, you know, I want to get out and do the things my wife wanted to do last year, the year before and, and go and challenge myself to, you know, uh, Start a business, um, put my head down and, and, and figure out what happiness looks like for me not just today,
2: not just tomorrow, but for the next 10 years, right? So, and, and Heinz has opened that door for me. I mean,
1: we were talking when we started, you know, that iPad. Um, man, I'll tell you, I've been doing a lot of stuff, uh, research on that iPad that, that, that I wasn't doing before because I didn't want to sit on a computer. Uh, so that. They've opened doors to, I hate to say it, the simple things that I just chose not to do, um, but they showed me how simple it was and how, how easy and simple I could make it if I just put forth the effort. So I don't know, maybe next year we'll have a call and we'll talk about my new business that I started up, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll be
0: maybe become a a, a flight instructor. Who knows? <laughs> well that's pretty uh pretty big um challenge right there. Yeah, especially since I can't see there. <laughs> you know, I think one of the things that's the hardest conversation
1: I had when I was in Heinz was everybody there had to surrender their driver's license. Yep. I haven't done it yet. I haven't uh huh. <laughs> I, I don't have, yeah, and it's hard. Not, in in end of this month, there's a driving class that they're going to have me go through and make that determination. They can't take it away from me, but, you know, I also don't want to put other people at risk. Right, right. So, but I also want to wait and see if this right eye comes back a little bit more, and if it does, great. If it doesn't, you know, I'd give it up anyways, because to be able to see, basically... Imagine looking through a um, paper towel
2: tube, and that's what you see. Uh-huh. That's it. That's it. So I have no peripheral
1: vision. I have no vision on my left side. you, you want me driving in your town? Nope. I think so.
0: <laughs> no, no, no.
1: Yeah, see, so there's a lot of things that, that I, I, I still have to go through, and there's things I'm going to have to still face. But, you know, I mean we we've all been through it before. We've had to make those hard choices and um, yeah, they're hard and I know I'm not going to like it, but at the end of the day, man, throw
0: me a bone. Right. <laughs> well, you know, they didn't even know if I was going to be able to walk or talk after my stroke. And, uh, but you know, I, I went through physical therapy and I, I came back. I I still, I, I still have that brain injury where, you know, because of the stroke that I I forget things. I have no short-term memory. Um, but, um, like, I can remember things from my past when I was a little kid. Um, I remember the color of my first Stingray bicycle. Um, uh, banana it, seat with the shifter in the middle? Oh, like... yeah. Well, mine was the cheaper one. It didn't have the five-speed, didn't have the shifter. But uh, it was still Stingray. Still had the uh, those eight-hanger uh, hand, uh, handlebars. But, uh, that's amazing. I that's love amazing. that. I, what, what days yeah. when, they had, when bikes were bikes. Or, exactly. Or, they call them muscle bikes now. Oh, well, yeah, because, I mean, if you really take a look at it,
1: it took a lot to get that thing going if you didn't have the five-speed uh, shifter.
0: Right. <laughs> I used to envy those guys that had this, the shifter on it. No, I, uh,
1: yeah, we didn't have that. We had the, the, the same one you're talking about. Um, there was a kid down the street, uh, it was like two weeks after we got ours, that his dad bought him the one with the shifter. And, man, I'll tell you, he he, he raved about it, he, he taunted and did all that other stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, it, it made me want to understand that yeah you might get that now and who knows what your future is going to hold but man i'll tell you what i guarantee it i'll i'll work hard enough to where i don't have anybody ever doing that to me again (laughs) i still haven't got there yet because there's still people that drive really nice cars and i'm not a car guy but i mean i like old cars but um i have my own my own views but Yeah, I'm happy where I'm
0: at. I I, I love my life. Well, that's good. I bet um, a few years back you probably weren't thinking that. You you couldn't say that. No. No. Well, and even now you
1: go through those days, like I said, um, I still, um, by the end of the day, because I knew that I had this call, um, I took the rest of the day off starting at noon, and I went to sleep. I laid down, I got up, just right before you called me,
2: uh-huh. and and so my, my mind was fresh. If I would have kept going through work and just kept working to
0: this time frame, you'd heard, because uh, 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 I couldn't think of the words, so... Well, I appreciate um, your dedication to that. That's makes me feel good that you well, cared that much.
1: It's important. It's important. Veterans, I, I, I kid you not, You the only time... And I don't want to make it sound bad, and I know it's going to come off that way a little bit, but I don't want it to be the way it sounds. It goes back to not being able to um, correctly word some things. Um, But when I look at how things go, a lot of times most people, because their day-to-days are so busy, you, you don't usually hear about veterans until Veteran Day or... Memorial Day, or, you know, those kind of things. And, uh, you know, for me, it's it's on my mind 24-7. Right. And, you know, and I don't expect everybody to be like that. Um, so it's not like I meant it negatively. It's just that some of these people are in some dark places. And, you know, we we talk about NFL football players and TVIs and uh, uh, chronic... Uh, issues that they're having with their their brains after they get out right um if, if some people saw what you do in the military how some a lot of times when you're trying to get into a vehicle fast i mean i, I can't tell you how many times i was running full speed trying to get in the back of a, a home v and just knock my my uh kevlar off my head because i was trying to get in so fast because you're training you want it as real as possible right and and so I, I'm sure a lot of people deal with that chronic uh, issues with their minds. So I, I just like I said, any anything that that we can do to make life better. And I'm not talking about. And I keep saying this, not just veterans of of of, of uh, the military, but you know the ones that you know, police, right, uh, you know, first responders in general. So they're always in my thoughts, always in my in my prayers. And at the end of the day, man, look, I mean, it's, it's cloudy here. It's probably going to rain, but in my world, it's sunny and 65. (laughs) It is.
0: It's like you're in Margaritaville every day. You have to be, I mean, don't get me wrong. My wife gets mad
1: at me because I say that, um, because she wants me to be truthful and realistic Mm -hmm. and, and she's right. To be honest with you, she's absolutely one thousand percent right. Well, at the same time, if I started that, I would never. my My life would be boring. My life would be because I wouldn't want to do anything. Right. You know, it's a mindset, and it's hard. I look at your, when you told me your story, dude, man, you are a beast. There was a guy that there was a guy in my, my class that pulled up to a stop sign or a stoplight when it was red. By the time it turned green, he was blind. Wow. And he, he ended up getting out of his car
2: on a busy street, almost got hit. The police showed up. The first officer that was there tried to think he was on something or drunk. Right. And the second the second officer walks over and goes, How many fingers am I holding up? He goes, I
1: don't know, I can't see him She goes, Are you blind right now? And he's like Yes. And she's like, okay, let's get you over to the side. They got him in an ambulance, got him to a place and they're like, Oh my gosh. That that, that part right there is just you know, you hear these stories and, and how can my life be so bad? Um you know, we all have stuff we deal with. So don't it's easy, we're gonna go through those moments, but at the end of the day, I'm not gonna let I'm not gonna let my issues dictate my days. Right. At least I'm going to try
0: not to. Yeah, I don't know what's what's scarier. Um instantly being blind like that or gradually becoming blind. You know, it's um it's a toss up there, I think. They're both scary as hell. Yeah,
1: but you know, when I look at it, um you it's kind of like I I get a chance to still be able to see things and i can say look um if this is going to be my last sunset you know i'm really going to enjoy it if it's going to be my last whatever it is i'm going to enjoy it so you you get that opportunity to at least try to see if you can find ways to um maybe observe things that you never did in the past like maybe maybe you know in the fall you've never gotten the car and said on a Saturday or Sunday and just go for a drive and watch the colors of the trees change. Um, we're so busy a lot of the times that sometimes we miss those, those little things that mean so much to the people that are around us that it, it, it's huge now. I, I think it's absolutely um, amazing. I really pay attention to my grass. It, it's it's something I've always thought was nice, but man, now I'm looking for weeds out there. Going, oh, there's a little weed um But it's 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 a different type of thought process. Right. If I was to lose it, if I was to lose it, and not have the opportunity to kind of absorb some of that stuff, man, I don't know. I just don't know. I I I think it, it's kind of a catch twenty two. But I, you know, I look at it from I'm blessed to be able to see you know, like I said, another, another sunset, I get, I'm blessed to be able to see my wife's face. Um, my kid's faces, my grand face. Um, all these things that people take for granted. Cause you don't think about it. I did. I did until that day that I lost vision in my left eye. Um, that thought of what happens if it goes out of my right. And then all of a sudden something else happens and here we go. Um, so it, I get, I get the worry, but for me, I think if I was to lose it right away, um, I, for me, I think it'd be harder. But anybody that loses sight in one eye, both eyes, gradually, quickly, um, you know, for me, I, everybody I always asked, you always joked about it when you were younger, would you rather lose your sight or hearing? You've got to lose one. And you know, I, I never knew that answer to that question. And maybe if I lost hearing, I'd say it differently. But right, your sight—it's for me. It's my sight.
0: Same here. I, I I feel I can get by not hearing anything because I'm almost there now. <laughs> oh jeez,
1: no, thank <laughs> you. Well, I think that might be nice too, but. I think you know my wife could learn sign sign language, so she could still yell it.
0: <laughs> just make bigger gestures. <laughs> Heck
1: yeah! One way or another, she gotta...
0: So go ahead, Bruce. Tell me, uh, what do you think your your life looks like going forward from today?
1: You know, that easy easy answer. Um, I, I just want to enjoy every single day as it comes. You, I can't worry about what I can't control. I have to focus on the positive, get away from all the negatives. But more importantly, I, I want to do those things with my wife that um, she wants to do. Um, let her enjoy. She, she puts up with so much of what I'm dealing with. I, I, the more I can do for her, the better off, I think. Uh, it's going to make her happy. It's going to make me happy. And I'm going to see uh, life through a totally different lens.
0: Cool. Um so what's on your bucket list the two of you
1: well we, we were supposed to a couple of years back we were supposed to go to hawaii for our i think it was our 20th 25th wedding anniversary and my wife um, asked my daughters if they would rather do that or go to disney um you can about imagine where that conversation went <laughs> um, we ended up going to disney right um, but that's that, that was okay anyways because
0: I understand you know my wife is all about our family so sure. I, I'd still like
1: to go back to Hawaii I'd still like to go do those those uh, crazy things that we were gonna do like go look at all the waterfalls uh, and, and stuff like that my my bucket list one is I'd like to go back to uh, Germany it was maybe during Oktoberfest maybe not <laughs> but you know <laughs> go back and just you know just go through Europe, go see all those places she sees on TV that she says are so beautiful, and at the same time get a chance to go and see, like, castles and uh, go down the Rhine River and maybe go to Paris. I know that the one thing that's on our bucket list is the Coliseum, so maybe, you know, we have to go to Venice and, and get on a gondola ride. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, it'll be whatever... Um, my goal is to let her do whatever she wants to do. Right. She earned it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not only that she's earned it, but, um, you know, one of the conversations I had with her a long time ago was once all the kids are grown, once we move on, once we have all this stuff going this way, this way, this way, you know, she gets to choose where we, we live next. And, uh, so she made the decision that she wants to live by the ocean. So we'll do that down the road, but she still wants everything to do with with, with the girls and my granddaughter. And So if if it makes her happy, it makes me happy. Um, maybe it may
0: not make me thrilled, but it'll make me happy. Exactly, happy. yeah. Well, that's wonderful. All right, man, well, we're going to wrap this up. It's been uh, great talking to you today. And uh maybe we'll do it some other time, and have your wife join in the conversation. How's that sound?
1: Oh, that sounds fantastic and i again, I really appreciate you doing this um and and if you you get veterans that listen to it, please don't don't be afraid to reach out man. This isn't about um being strong or being weak or being anything. It's just man we're all on this boat together, man,
0: and we'll we're either going to sink or swim with each other. So that's right. Thank you for doing this,
1: and, and uh, I hope you have a tremendous rest of the day, and I look forward to it if you
0: can do it again. All right, Bruce. Well, thanks a lot. Um, I'm just going to do a little bit of commercial here for the for the podcast and the channel, so hang in there, and I'll talk to you in a minute. All right, folks, All right, that's our episode for today, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, hit that Like button, hit the Share button, and hit most importantly, hit the Follow button. And uh, we'll see you next time. oh and if you want to email me uh, with suggestions for interviews or if you know someone that wants to be interviewed, you can email me at the blind spot at no the blind spot two eighty two ninety eight. Geez, let me start over the blind spot 298 at gmail.com the blind spot 298 at gmail.com All right, this is Ray Morales telling y'all thank you and have a great day. Bye.